I think is kind of uh, uh, is curious. I certainly think this is curious in the in the sensitivity reader discussion, which, like I said, I do think is very dull. Um, but it, I think what is interesting about it is the slogans that it persuades people to kind of trot out, uh, mm-hmm. whether kind of whether in favor whether in favor or or, or or against. I think that honestly, the whole the whole controversy over over sensitivity readers could be very easily dealt with by just by just calling them consultants. If mm-hmm. you if you just stick the word consultant on something, then first of all, no one really questions it as long as you as long as you set yourself up as a consultant. And also, there cannot, in any reasonable way, be any real objection to authors doing research. And if that research happens to be happens to be paid, I don't. I really don't think it's an issue. I mean, I don't, If if someone is writing, if someone is writing a police procedural, they quite often have at the end they have a list of the people who the the, the people the specialists who they mm-hmm. who they spoke to about it. And I don't really. I think it's a. I think I think it's honestly. I think it's a difficult one. I don't like this. Everything ha- like you're not allowed to write anything that is not directly from your own experience. I don't like it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's good. I think it's stifling. But also, mm-hmm. it's always quite uncomfortable when a middling to not very good writer, which most writers are. Like mm-hmm. very very good writers are really vast majority. <laughs> the vast majority are kind of middling, uh, sort of middling to middling to poor. I have I have just from just in terms of kind of my own uh, my own what I can recognise as sort of like not being not being right. I have never read a non-Jewish author writing a Jewish character which didn't make me think oh you're just getting this from you're getting this from caricatures and you're getting this from films you've seen and you're getting and you think Mm -hmm. that you think you've watched a couple of episodes of Curb so you think you know what you're doing I've never read a white author write and write an Indian character that hasn't also similar also made me just think but this is just not right and if you had mm-hmm. shown it to somebody from one of these groups beforehand, then you probably could have saved yourself a little bit of embarrassment. But then again, by the same token, I've also read uh, I've also read books by Indian authors that have been praised to the hilt by white reviewers, which I find just as offensive as yes. <laughs> um, uh, just as offensive as a, a white writer trying to trying to write Indian characters. Um, did you read The White Tiger when it came out? No, uh, don't no. I don't. It's it's <laughs> it, it's genuinely one of um, one of the worst things I've ever read in in my life. I absolutely hated it. It is it's a really kind of loathsome, ugly. Um, thoroughly thoroughly classist uh depiction of um of a of a a poor indian man and it is written by a an upper middle class indian bloke who went to who went to harvard and i think partially grew up in it like partially grew up in america didn't even grow up in india and all of these uk and us reviewers were falling all over themselves about this is this is this is it this is the depiction of india this is this gets everything right and i was reading these reviews thinking how would you know motherfucker and also 
this is can you not conceive of the idea that in this giant giant country with a number of religions cultures languages um and just a huge huge gulf between rich and poor why you don't understand that this is more or less contiguous with uh with say a rockefeller trying to write trying to write a book about uh, about a kind of rust belt town right it's it yeah can you not be persuaded to see it in the same in sort of within the same frame so i don't think that one's personal system of identity necessarily either narrows or expands your vision accordingly i don't think that's necessarily the case Um, well this was what this is what the sort of democratization of critical culture was supposed to correct for right like when blogs started at the turn of the century the critical sphere was like hugely white upper middle class male and I think it's it's difficult to remember how fast things changed, mm. but it was so bad for so long um, that opening up the internet space was this moment of um, of liberation is too much, but it was this sense of like other people get to now say that these people don't know what the fuck they're talking about, right? Like. You know, this is the time of a lot of um, scammers, a lot of people putting forth um, false memoirs of people pretending to be Native American who weren't people pretending to be gang members who weren't people pretending to be um, trans women, prostitutes working at truck stops who weren't, you know, and it was it was in the sort of like Internet space that people who were trans women prostitutes who were sex workers. I'm so sorry. Trans women, sex workers um, who were Native American who were whatever the identities of people were pretending to be like, that's where the debunking started. And that was sort of the power of um, letting people have a voice that was accessible and also easily elevated um, and circulated because it's a different thing to sort of post on social media or post on a website than it is to write a letter to the editor saying, you know, um, excuse me, this person that you're praising as the new voice of whatever demographic is a fraud. Mm. Um, And it was the people who have had those shared experiences who were able to sort of sniff it out. Um, But that's not how the sort of internet part of this has developed, right? Because once people started to get included into the mainstream of publishing or uh, the critical culture or whatever, um, then it became about just weaponizing envy mm-hmm. then it became about why her and not me it became about this sort of um using the power of i guess the mob or just the collective to take out grievance and grudges because um these spaces are never going to be entirely inclusive mm-hmm. they're never going to be entirely um 
socialized and, and you know never it's there's never going to be fair pay for writing it's never going to happen it shouldn't happen i think i think that would be you know people talking about uh there should be like a flat fee for advances that's the worst fucking idea i've ever heard in my entire life and people need to stop saying it because i want to punch them in the face if they can't think about the implications of something like that um and uh and yeah and so on um so I think that these spaces tend to collect and amplify grievance and a feeling of um, being shut out and excluded because the market, the industry, and so on has this sort of now gloss of inclusion. Mm. And I think that's so much of... And that's why it's these genre places um, and young adult spaces that are so vulnerable to these things because nobody looks at um, James Joyce as aspirational, no. right? Like, he, except for like the one guy on Twitter in Berlin <laughs> drives me fucking crazy on Twitter. Uh, he seems to think that he that's within his grasp, but everybody else sort of understands like, it's eh, not going to happen for me. Um, but the person writing the, you know, goblin young adult fiction, uh, eight books a year, that seems um, that's something that somebody who's like not quite there feels like they could be. And so sure. they have your space. Let's take them out of it. So then maybe it could possibly go to me. And I really think that that's so much of what's behind all of this. 